Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Relatively Healthy. I'm Jamie Stoller, and today we are talking about grief. And I have my friend here, Lauren Olson. And if any of you have talked with me for 0.04 seconds, you know that both my parents died, and that's just something fun about me. Um, So I was really excited to have this conversation because it's something obviously very important in my life. And anytime I connect with someone who's also experienced parental loss, I feel like we're immediately in a club. So not only is this uh, a conversation that if you're in the club, I hope you like and are interested in and know that you're not alone, but I also hope it's helpful for people who are friends or family with people who have lost people because I think when we talk, when Laura and I talk, we can talk about the things that we've noticed or things that bother us about the way people handle grief around us. And I just hope that it's the kind of thing that... um, will increase understanding of what it's like to go through it. And honestly, sorry to bum you out, but like everyone's going to go through this. Enjoy the episode. I am here today <laughs> with such a lovely guest, writer, comedian, actor, tour de force. Is that a word? Great. Great. I love it. Lauren Olson. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Today is different than most days in the sense of uh Rosh Hashanah, we would say, because I am normally an idiot when I come into these conversations. I don't know what the person's going to say. And I'm like, help me. I'm dumb. This topic is one where I actually know quite a bit. You are an expert. I'm an expert. (laughs) And I think what's exciting is to have two experts talking about this really fun topic. That's right. And that's grief. That's grief. You know, like. I feel like the Jennifer Lawrence of grief sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like an ingenue, mm-hmm. but I have like serious roles. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I feel like this is where we can really just come and like and just dish about it. Yeah. And I hope that this is a conversation that is not only beneficial to us because we got to work through things, but also for listeners, because I think one I think people don't know how to handle grief. Like in general, in our society, people when we've. We touched on this briefly. We'll talk about it. But when it comes up, people's tension rises. You see it in their face, in their body. They don't want to talk about it. And if someone in their life is going through grief, they don't know what to do. So hopefully people listening will get a better sense of what it's like and maybe like won't be as bad as some of the people who maybe (laughs) made our lives when dealing with our grief. It's genuinely horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with that specifically of like, when do you mention it or not mention it? Or I don't know, I have a very specific perspective about it, but it, but it's exactly that thing where it's just like, it's terrifying. You don't want to say the wrong thing. It's horrifying. Yeah. You think about it again and again and again. Having experienced like death and grief myself, yeah, I still say the oh, wrong thing. For sure. 100%. 100%. I did it the other day with a coworker whose yeah. dad passed away and, and I'm just, in the pantry and I'm like... <laughs> she's like one of my favorite people at work and uh I don't know her super well at all but I she was like I was like hey how's it going or I saw her or something and then I was like oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad she's like yeah and I was like yeah and I and I it was like I threw myself into a terrible corner and I didn't know what to say and then right. it ended abruptly and then I was like why did I do that it just was, from that or you kept talking I no it just like kind of ended because she was right. done leaving her water right. or whatever and then other people came in and, and then it yeah. was like okay well I'll see you later in the yeah. elevator 
And um, then I laughed to myself because I was like, that was absurd, but I don't know how to follow up with her later. Oh, yeah. There's no way. <laughs> you got to change jobs. Then I felt pretty awkward. That's um, awkward. I'm sorry. And so for your experience, you lost your mom. Yes. And how long ago was that? A little over 12 years ago. Okay. And so, so yeah. yeah, you were in college? After. Right after it was, college. Yes. It was like the January after I graduated college. So I I graduated in 2005, moved to New York in September. Mm-hmm. She moved with me. Oh, I didn't and know And then, that. yeah, well, not with me, but, but she, she moved, moved me. <laughs> and then she passed away that following January. Mm. So, yeah, so that was like, yeah. So it was, I was 23. You so, were 23. Yeah. And was it sudden or was it? No, no, she had had cancer for like eight and a half years. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. I mean, it's one of those weird things um, I was texting with a friend whose mom had passed away a couple of months ago and she also had had a lot of health issues like leading up to it. And it's one of those things that even when it is um, like a long illness or something like that, you're never prepared for it in some ways, especially because because she had had many she had a very rare blood cancer that actually I was really lucky because usually you get it and you die like <laughs> like it's not something the fact that she lived with it eight for years. Eight, eight years is kind of a miracle wow. in itself wow. just because of the type of cancer it is and the way that it attacks your body and how it metastasized. And once it metastasized, you're, you know, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, but she did a lot of different, um, uh, you know, treatments and surgeries, like an insane amount of surgeries uh, over the years. So you see like the ebb and flow. And like the learning how to deal with it. It's like, this is the new normal now. This is the new normal. And so you keep thinking. And I remember even like I came home and I was home for almost a week before she died. I was living in New York at the time, but you kind of knew something was like not great. But we still thought maybe she would be able to be part of this experimental study. Mm. But I remember in the back of my mind knowing because cancer is one of those things that like if you don't die from the cancer, you'll die from the drugs over a period of time because it just is it degenerates your body and. Yeah, I remember being like, even if she could be part of the study and they were going to do the study, she wouldn't she wouldn't have been able to do it physically. Like, right. But you just have that. It's like the wishful thinking. It's horrible. It's like, yeah. Like, and you can never okay. settle like my mom. So my mom passed away. I was a similar age. She had cancer for four years mm-hmm. and it was hormone responsive. So it was treatable, but not curable. Yeah. So we knew that there would be a time when her body would start degenerating. We knew there'd be a time when she had to start doing chemo, but that was pushed off a little bit. We knew there was a, you know, it wasn't like a specific timeline, but it yeah. was probably going to be three to five years. And you, they have so many ups and downs. They go through so much when they're going through treatment that you, as a child of that person, it's really hard to just like take it day by day because one day they're good, next they're bad. You don't know how long you have. You want to live your life. You're 23 yeah. and you're new to New York and you're supposed to be out there living your dreams. And you're also dealing with this really heavy burden of, do I give up everything and just yeah. spend time with my parent? Do I, you know, like do it for them and show them that I'm six? There's so many things you negotiate and you don't get the luxury of like being the 23 year old in New York and just yeah. following your dreams. You're kind of <laughs> like, no, I'm a different type of person than yeah. all of the people in my circle. It's more complicated. There's a lot more things to negotiate. I do feel like in some ways you have a better perspective. It's like the thing about like, you know, you sent me a couple things to think about before and I'm like, oh, the, all, all everything that's ringing true is like perspective and gratitude, like all these things, and especially when someone's sick. I think that that kicks in earlier. Like, yes. I think that I had more of an appreciation for my mom while she was alive when she once she got sick because totally. I'm like, oh, you realize that this is fragile. This is important, especially for for me. So my father also passed away two years after my mom. So it was like just a fun time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm fun. And with my mom, I had all this time with her to express how much I loved her, to not get caught up in the minutia, because I know there's a lot yeah. of people with very complicated relationships that are always going to be complicated with their parents. But for me, it was like, whatever complications I have, I can put aside for now because I'm just going to make sure that she leaves this earth like with no unfinished business. Yeah. It's just a lot of pressure. And then afterwards, I feel like, I don't know if people told you this, but, and and I do think like maybe grief starts earlier or it's just a different form when they're living. Because there is a part of 
relief when they've been sick. Yes. The weirdest thing I felt. <laughs> oh like, God, yes. <laughs> like unexpectedly, because my mom got sicker, sicker, sicker. Yeah. She was in hospice in the end and she was in so much pain and then she was out of it and she wasn't herself. And I'd already lost her. Like I lost her when she lost her sense of humor. I lost her when she couldn't eat oh, anymore. God. Like you lose yeah. so many parts that when she was physically gone and not in pain, the weirdest part was feeling a little bit of like, she's at peace. Yes. And then the sadness feels different. It's like all these different parts of it. And it's not like today I feel good. Now I feel sad. It's like just this long, (laughs) everlasting craziness. (laughs) People would tell me that too. People would be like, well, you're going to think about her every day. And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Like, I hope I would, but not like actively. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to sit and this is my five minutes to pensively think about mama. Yeah. 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 That's a weird. (laughs) That's a good and weird one. It's a weird one. Yeah, that's a really weird one. But you you bring up a good point. It's like it is that thing where it does it slowly like changes. And I was pretty lucky in that my mom maintained a certain level. And then it was like a quick deterioration. Mm. Yeah. Um, So. But it was a it was like both quick and long, you know, it was like she wasn't the same person. She was genuinely mentally. And like I remember my dad saying during the eulogy, like she kind of was like or maybe that wasn't during the eulogy, but like the idea of like over over the process of her illness, she changed in the way that I think that she became more like. Yeah, appreciative of life. And she always had been just like a happy, appreciative, loving person. But I think that when you're faced with that, you kind of are like, there's a couple different ways that what happens. And and it also depends on like what kind of way that the illness affects you. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, like, I feel like I'm losing my train of thought. But like over, you know, over the she changed as she was sick. And I feel like as she got sicker it was I don't know yeah I feel like I've lost my train of thought no but sorry that, <laughs> that makes sense like the you don't lose someone in one day there's parts of it that also there are parts of it that I feel last forever which is a whole other topic probably but I feel like there's things about the person that really don't ever die yes there's things oh, that go yeah. but there's things that stay with you and that's interesting too because now I feel like we're far enough out we're like we're not in the immediate grief stage. Yes. We're in a little bit of a, we have yeah. a little bit of distance. And like, I feel like, well, I'd be curious to know about your grief, the way it's changed over the yeah. years. And Cause I do think I read a book um, when my mom had just passed called like motherless daughters. Was, I was going to bring that up. It is such an essential read for <laughs> anyone so out there who is <laughs> going through this. Yeah. Like it, it just it's a bunch of essays and like a bunch of stories of people who've lost moms. And there's something very isolating about the experience because your friends, most of them can't relate, yep. hopefully, mm-hmm. and they don't know your relationship. Every relationship between mother and specifically daughter yeah. is so it's so um, I don't even know the word. There's just a lot there. It's very it's important. Complex. It's complex. Yeah. Even if you don't have an active relationship like that is such a formative relationship and important one in your life. Yeah. And so it it talks about people who have lost people they weren't close with or I lost at this age or I lost her this way. And all of a sudden you realize you're in an experience that a lot of women and it, it, that's what the book's about. Like a lot of women feel this and how it feels for different people and it looks different for everybody, but you start to pick out things that are true to you. And I also felt like I started really relating to other women who had lost their mothers. Like immediately I just felt a kinship because I feel like you're put in such a weird, isolated space. You don't want to be a burden on your friends. No, you course, don't want yeah. to be a downer. You're like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah. And you also know that if you're vulnerable enough to share some of the grief and share some of what you're going through, you may get hit with a really upsetting response. Yeah. For me, that was like some people just really having good intentions and saying the wrong thing. Like even now it still hurts me when I hear some things, not as much as it did, but I would just walk around so hurt by what people said when even they meant well. Like someone who's very sweet said to me very recently, like, well, you can always have my dad. (laughs) It's like, I'm good on dads. Yeah. <laughs> like, I actually don't need your dad. But that is such a kind offer. Like, what an amazing gift. Where do I sign yeah. the papes to be adopted as a 31-year-old yeah. woman? Or they'll say things, you know, like, oh, yeah, I lost my grandmother. Yeah. I, Me too, but 
it's different. Yeah. <laughs> I I wrote a whole show about it called Our Condolences. I need to and see it's it. Literally, basically, I play a bunch of characters, uh, and it's all based on kind of real aspects of after someone dies, like what you deal with, you know? And one of the characters is based off of a guy that I such a nice person I went to school with. Didn't mean anything by it, but like he left me a voicemail saying how sorry he was. And he, yeah, he said exactly that. that that he that his uh, grandma recently died, and then do I remember his his dog that they had? <laughs> no, not the she dog. Di- yes, I thought that was an like, urban legend. <laughs> no, no, he did, and like it killed me. But it was in a weird way because I had that relationship, like because I knew him and I did know how much he loved his dog. I was weirdly touched. Sure. I mean, I was like, no, that's not the, like it's not the same thing. But I was weirdly like. I appreciate the effort. That like, is you so know, like, funny. But then we have to do so much work in those moments to accommodate oh, them. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And do the mental math. Like, it's not like being like, oh, what a comforting message. It's like, okay, I'm going to remember yeah. that they mean well and I'm going to take it and I'm not going to feel yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all well, good. Because it's also that weird balance where it's like, I'm not trying to cry right now, um, you know? And, and, and that weird thing. And what I found for myself that I usually just have to... I it, it I take I do take it I take it on as my responsibility to make it okay yeah. to make the situation okay yes. make the conversation okay because on one hand it depends on what the situation is it really does person to person and what it your relationship person person, right hundred percent but like I want you know I want to be able to tell them that I have a dead parent but I also then. I want to be able to continue on with our conversation. It's so funny. Like <laughs> even now. So I'm sure at this point you have deflection techniques where people will say something like, what are you doing for Mother's Day? And you'll be like, oh, you know, I'm just going for a run. Like <sighs> when people say things without thinking, you know how to get out of it. Yes. And I was getting a haircut and uh, this was recently in West Hollywood. And this guy like asked me the typical questions like, you know, how long have you lived here? Where are you, where's your family? And so I said, my sister's in West Hollywood, but I'm originally from Chicago. That's usually how I answer it. I yes. say, my sister, and I throw it yes. that way. He said, oh, what do your parents do? And so it's in those moments where I kind of tense up, but I'm like, do I tell this hairdresser I'll never see again yeah. that my parents are dead? Like, that's not where this conversation should go while I'm getting my hair cut. So I'm like, yes, they're still in Chicago. Anyway, the weather today, yeah. he's like, what do they do? I'm like, um... My mom is in business mm-hmm. and my dad is in business. Oh my God. And he's like, really cool. Like, are you close with them? And I'm like, not gonna cry, not gonna let him know. Total poker face. The rest of the haircut, I'm just sitting there weaving a yarn oh. about how they're gonna retire soon oh and we're God. all gonna travel. Like by the end I was like, oh that sounds like a really yeah, interesting like, life. Very cool. Like I <laughs> should catch cool. up with them and see how things are really working out. That so like, like I can never get a haircut there again. Because oh. it would be like, oh yeah, how are your parents enjoying Italy? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Usually it's like dip in, dip out. Yes. And I'm very in tune with people trying to dip in, dip out. Yeah, if I yeah. ask a question and someone's like, anyway, I'm like, let's go where you yep. want. Yep, let's do it. Let's not go there then. Mm-mm. That's fine. Yeah. I will generally say, oh, my dad and stepmom are in Portland. Like when they ask me those types of things. Yes. But I do. I'm kind of, I kind of jump in. I just jump right in. Now tell me about that. I don't yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I want to do it, but I worry about getting hurt. Yes. So I usually jump right in. So I'll be like, if someone's asking like, what does your mom do or something like that? I'll be like, oh, my mom's dead. And then. I'll give them a brief second to be like, oh, I'm sorry, because they're always going to say, I'm so sorry. And I'll be like, it's all right. It's life. That's life. That's great. And then I keep talking. Right. But usually I will not just stop that. I'll be like, my mom's dead. But I will like do it. Pause. Let them say they're sorry. It's like a script. Because they will. Yeah. And then I keep going. And keep going. And then I keep on talking or whatever. I always, I have to fill the space. Like if that comes up and there's the, I'm sorry. I'm like, but anyway, and I will just run, run, run to like get us out of there. Because I know they're not going to be able to get us out. And sometimes when I've been in experiences with people who are like friends or dating and it's yeah. a more, you actually are supposed to be having the conversation. It's not like just getting get out. I will go deep into the conversation and I can't get out. Because, and I will say, it's because we don't ever get to talk about it. So like one of the benefits of deep in, jumping in is every once in a while you will find out the other person has had a similar experience and then all of a sudden you love them a million times more. 100%. And I always want to like, 
I'm not trying. I don't need like hug everybody, but I always want to high five people. Like I get excited yes. when I hear that they have like a dead parent, and it seems really dark. But I but get I it. Genuinely, I'm like thrilled by it. Yes. In this way that I'm like, oh, you, me, and you, we can talk about things. I can make dark jokes to you. Yes. And then I'm not gonna have to. Um, uh, do this weird backpedal right. thing where I, f- I then feel guilty like I've done something wrong. Um, I don't have to do the performance. I don't have to rush out of the topic. Like all of that stuff is so stressful on a person when you're like, it's on me to negotiate my way out. And yeah. when I'm like, okay, I know I didn't just be myself. I don't have to worry about the censor. I don't have to make you comfortable. We both have been through it. It's also like the smallest reward for the grief is like, now you just get people getting you sometimes in a deeper way. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just be yourself with people. Yeah, exactly. But because it's not fair that just because you've experienced this loss, you don't get that. Because yes. there is a block. There's a block with like There's intimacy. Because it's like you can't talk about it with some people. Well, then you're never going to be that close. And like yes. I've had relationships where I look back in the relationship and with guys and, and realize like they never really asked much about it. I had to bring <laughs> it up. And then I'm like, get back to the problem of like. I'm asking them all the questions and like they're not really engaging with me. But but it's that weird thing where I'm like, OK, so if if we don't talk about this, there's a like limit. There's a wall in terms I of agree. how deep we can be, how much we can be connected. Oh, my God. Because the second that you can't talk about it, it's a big part of your life. It's exactly. So it's like I'm I the fact that you can't just like. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like, I've gotten better at inserting stories about my mom into conversations, you know, like even around my stepmom and my step siblings and that kind of stuff. And like in the way that I'm like just trying to make it normal. I'm not it's not an intentional thing. But when I think of it, like I'm going to say it. And it makes it more normal for you. Yeah. Because I feel like we are told to shove it down and not speak about it. And so then we think there's something wrong with it or we think that people will think we're like fixated on it. And I think a big part of what you're doing when you talk about it is you don't go zero to 60 on like, yeah. this is me pretending I don't experience it. This is me deep in it. It's like, shouldn't this just be a part of life like birth or marriage or any other major event where it's significant? Like, that's the thing that confuses me is everyone has so many significant events. This is one of the more significant is yeah. death. And we're all going to face it. Yeah. And the sooner you acknowledge it, that it's going to happen to your parents, to you, to yes. every single person you know, and you start getting the cosmic joke and you start like seeing that, I think it's your life opens up in a way. Like for me, I feel like people don't want to talk about it or hear about it because it brings up their own fears. And I get that. Like it's a scary thing if you've never dealt with it. And I I understand But I also think like the more it's talked about, the less scary it becomes. And you see people like yourself who are full human beings, not completely preoccupied by it, who have just experienced it as anyone will and are like capable of being in the same situation as you. (laughs) Like it doesn't it doesn't end your life. Like it's just a different chapter, like a different way of looking at things. Yeah. And it offers a different perspective. And I do think there are gifts to it. There are gifts. Weird gifts. (laughs) There are weird, weird gifts. But I do have greater appreciation for things. I have less patience for bullshit, which is amazing. And I feel empowered as a nice girl, you know, to like cut stuff off and not really jump into drama or bullshit that's just like, just pure nonsense, really. Agree. Like, I remember right after my mom died and I moved, came back to New York, just, like, having a much shorter fuse. And I've always been a nice person without a, a short fuse. And it didn't insert itself in, like, a mean way, but it was, like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm done talking about this or this is how I feel about this, so you can do that as you will. I'm not going to keep talking about it. In a weird way, it, like, was, it's, like, a helpful tool yeah. for feeling, like, Taking ownership over your life in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also your mom passed away young. Yeah. And so did mine. And I feel like when you know that's a possibility, you live life a little differently. Oh, my God. Like you think about what's meaningful and all the things you want to do in your life and all the things that 
that she left behind. And you're like, okay, well, now I know it's important. And I'm not going to assume I have 100 years. I'm not going to act like I never die. And I'm also not going to be as scared of it because I feel like when you witness someone experiencing it, it's really traumatic and horrible and it's just awful. But you also understand you just understand it better. Like it's less mysterious. And so now I'm not walking around like hoping it never happens. Yeah. And as a worry ward, I'm like, oh, phew. Like I've got uh, for me, I'm like. One down, one to go. Because I'm, because I'm, I'm like, it, I think that's, you're that's two for two. You so know like, what? I'm like two for two. Honestly, I meet people and I'm like, uh, oh man, you're in for it. Yeah, I literally have thought about that. And I, I, because I'm crazy and I will think about like scenarios of different things as they happen. But I'm like, oh, it's hard for, like, I imagine my friends, like it happening to my friends and be like, fuck, that sucks. I know. I'm glad that I've gotten through one. I know it's going to be really tough with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. already petrified and terrified about him dying but i also am like at least i don't have like i've already jumped over you've already done it and you also know that it will happen with him in a way that's you can live maybe the way when your mom got diagnosed certain things came into focus like yeah you see death much more clearly now in general so i feel like with every i feel like with everyone in my life i see it so much more clearly that i'm like they could go at any second like any any minute anybody could anybody could and so the relationship you have and like the last conversation you have with them, you always want it to be something that won't haunt you. Exactly. You want it to be, which is comes back to like, you just want to be a good person who's yeah. like good to people, make people feel good. You don't like, you, you don't want to be a negative force in the world or to the people no, around you. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, I do love saying to like my roommate, Jeremy, who, um, hates the idea of death. It's like, you're going to die. Like when we talk about things like he likes to assert that he will never die. But I like to always talk about how you will die. Anyone will die. Everyone yes. will die. Yes. But there's a joy in that everyone will die because none of this bullshit matters. A- absolutely. And a hundred years will be dead. And I have years so be dead. many flashbacks to things my mom and I argued about or oh, things yeah. like, and I feel guilt about them. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I argued about that. I can't believe I was fixated on that. I can't believe I judged her for that. But then you look at it and you're like, who cares? She's gone. Like none of those things exist anymore. Yeah. None of it exists. And like, what, what's the legacy? Like, what are the things she left behind? And I feel like it's so like what you're saying. It's like, you don't get as caught up in the bullshit. Also, I have become very hardened. Like people don't go to me for certain advice. Like my, I don't know how you feel, <laughs> but like sometimes my favorite thing is when someone will be like, Ugh, my parents are too involved. That's a complaint I hear that yeah. is crazy. But I feel like there's a lot of stuff I hear people complain about and I just have a stone face and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. I'm not great for that type of stuff either. I'm I try to be. Great. I really do. And I, will I don't temper. even try. <laughs> well, I'll temper. I'll realize I will. I will say. But like, isn't that I will. I will be like, I will take the side of the parent. I will take the side of the parent and I will be like, but don't you think that maybe it's because because in my head, I'm thinking like that would actually be nice. Like I'd love a phone call from my mom. I know. Honestly, (laughs) you know, but that said, I also have to keep in mind I did for the most part also probably because she was sick and because I was trying to make everything great and she was trying to make everything great. Had a great relationship with my mom. I had a great mom. And so to me, I would love that. There are some people that don't. They have, Mm -hmm. you know abusive situations or just like actual crazy situations you know and that's that's harder because then I've had to like I have had to backpedal and be like you know what I think I think that I'm wrong and you're right to have your gripe like I had one of my best friends like the year after my mom died was saying how she was having a hard time with something. I can't even remember what it was. It was so long ago. But she was like, oh, she didn't want to bother me with it because I'm having, you know, because my mom decided or whatever. And I was like, look, the reality of it is, is that like, like, let me know. Like, I want to be there. I want to be a friend to you. You know, I might have a different perspective on like whether or not this is an important thing or right, not. Right. But like, I do think humans are like hardwired to go up and down and up and down. It doesn't matter. So it's like either your ups and downs are very extreme or they're just like a weird soft baby roller coaster situation. Um, and I just have to, I, I try to treat everybody with like, you're you're not intentionally trying to rub anything in my face. You're right. not intentionally trying to do this. But um, but I don't necessarily agree. Like I, yeah. I, I, I do. I, I hate it when people are mean or rude to their parents. Me too. It's 
insufferable. I hate uh, it. I'm also <laughs> not as good a friend as you because if someone did that to me, I'd be like, well, my mom's dead. Oh, but I do that. I 100% do that. I 100% do that and I'll cut it to the chase in some situations, but with people like that, but I, I usually more say that um, just for fun, for my own right, enjoyment. Right, just for enjoyment. Because like sometimes if you I'm, need a gimme. I mean, I love like, if I'm in a situation with people I don't really love and they're doing that, just tossing it out there. Don't give a fuck how they respond. Yeah. It's really just for my entertainment yeah. to see them squirm sometimes. It really but is. But I don't do that often. <laughs> Somebody did that to me before my mom had died in high school. Um, I said, your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was a cool thing to say. I love to that. To people um, who had nothing. Yeah, there's like, nothing. Your mom. That's and he amazing. looked at me dead faced in the eye and was like, my mom is dead. And I felt so bad. Right. And then he goes, just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, I, I'm that guy. Right. And I'm not kidding. And you're not kidding. Um, um, yeah. It's, but it's also, but then the opposite of that is when you really don't want to make it a thing. And you like someone's talking to you and they're being open and they don't know. And then you go, uh, this. So I actually had an experience because through dating, I've had all these different horrible experiences where I've told the person and it's ended up horribly I'm not in that Ugh. situation now thank god but I worked with my therapist to come up with a script oh that's good because <laughs> I feel like what would happen is I would always get the wrong response so she told me you can tell the person a brief one or two lines about what happened and say it was really hard you're working through it and then say and all you have to say is that sucks you tell them what oh, to yeah. say because sometimes people really don't know and they scramble and they try to think of what to say. You're allowed to tell people, you know what? I'm going through something. All you have to say is it sucks. I'm sorry. This is what it is. But I just want to let you know. And I then they'll that. say it sucks. I'm sorry. And then you feel then like. You, yeah. And they feel relieved because you've opened up and you've told them what to say. <sighs> they feel totally relieved. I know. That's I wish good. I came up with that so long ago because it was so helpful where I was like, oh, I'm allowed to like help them because I also feel really bad if I put it into yes. the space for them to navigate it. It's like they weren't prepared to say something. They don't know what they're going to they're gonna say something wrong. Like if you 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 have permission to tell people what to say, which I, I love that. I love that too. You know? Yeah. And also sometimes all I want to hear is, I'm sorry, that sucks. I'm sure there's other things people want to hear. Like I'm not speaking for everyone who's gone through it, but for me, I don't need to hear about the grandmother. I don't need to hear about Mm -hmm. how hard that seems. I just want to (laughs) know that you're sorry. That sucks. And I just listen to you and whatever. I'm sorry that sucks is great. It's great. It's perfect. It's simple. It's like, I'm sorry. And also, I'm not saying anything about like, well, you know, like life is meaningful and better place oh, and rambling, 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 rambling. Yeah. And like, you don't, you don't know anything about the situation. So like, just don't do yeah, it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But I feel like, yeah. So it's interesting. And then I was going to ask you too, there's certain days of the year that surprised me after the death that are more upsetting than others or certain events that are more upsetting than others. For me, I get really upset sometimes when something good happens, which is oh. rare for me. <laughs> Yeah, but there's the feeling the loss and the grief come when you can't tell the person. And I think about like when good things happen in my life that I can't share them with her. And I think about eventually I want to get married and she won't be there. And who's it for? Because now also I see weddings so differently because they're so for the mom. And it's like, why would I wear a white dress? (laughs) (laughs) And then again. I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have any Sorry, parents. Mom. Sorry, mom. I don't have to pretend to oh. not have sex because my parents are dead. So, and then, <laughs> like, having a child, like, yeah. I wouldn't have someone to help me understand how to raise a kid. Like, I don't have any of that. I don't have the line of tradition. I don't have the line of, like, someone telling me more about my family history. I don't have advice. Like, I don't have all yeah. that. Or if I get a little good thing or if I need advice, it's just so much trickier. I'm grateful. I have really great people in my life who are awesome and smart and wise and loving and all these things. But I just feel like it was such a point for me to go to her for those things and to feel like every high is less high now, because if I get something, I would have immediately called her. I I would have immediately told her and it would have amplified it because I would hear how happy she was. Yeah. And so now I'm like, "Eh, whatever, my life's stupid. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, yes, this makes me emotional just hearing you talk about that because I do agree with that 100%. It is the good things. I remember somebody saying after my mom died, like, just remember the good times. And I'm like, yeah, all good times. That makes it worse. You know, it, like, that's that's the hard thing. And I think 
that is exactly it. It's like, yeah, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I've thought a lot about like, oh, fuck, I I want to know how my mom's body responded to a pregnancy. Like, I yes. want just like, you know, I want to know I, what that's like. I think about like the visual of my wedding if I were to Ugh. have yeah. One that looks slightly traditional when there's people at the altar and how lopsided it would be. And Ugh. I think about if I were to give birth and hold the baby and like there's no parent on my side there. Like there's yeah. it just feels like I have very clear mental images of how sad those moments will be. <laughs> I also feel like I feel sad on Mother's Day because I think I delete Instagram all the time. It's like been on every yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. don't like it. Yeah, and yeah. I get freaked out. Yeah, me too. But that's a day when everyone has decided to just post pictures of their moms. Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, they're not even tagging their moms. It's just like, happy Mother's Day. Here's a photo of my mom. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And Father's Day as well for me. Like, And I'm sure for a lot of people. Also, people like whether or not your parent is alive, everyone has different relationships yes. with their parents. So that's just a day where like a lot of people are probably thinking about they're not as happy relationships yeah. and all that. And it's just like photos of parents. I hate that. I hate like... Anytime, I hate like the, her, the day of her death and her birthday and all and those markers, yeah. but it really is not as significant as I thought. Like for me, it's mm-hmm. the happy times, it's the Instagrams about parents, <laughs> <laughs> and it's when people put it in my face how like loving and amazing and perfect yeah. their parents are and all yep. that shit. Yeah, that that's when it comes out for me. Yeah, I was I agree I think that I've I've been the person who's been like well you want to know about mamas here's my dead mama I'm gonna post a picture of my dead mama which hey which which I haven't done that in a couple years but I did do that a couple times just because I'm like you know you're thinking about her or whatever the thing is um and also it's cool like if sometimes you see old pictures and you're like oh I gotta do something with this totally but I agree. It's it's the good times. It for me, it's like um like you said with the happy stuff and the like um things to celebrate. But it's just like also like when things are hard, like just be like everything's gonna be okay. Like she was really good. Like, <laughs> but she like um just being like everything will be okay. Like just that confidence. Not trying to fix your problem. Just that like quiet confidence of like experience to be like it's gonna be okay. Or like. You know, like I, I, she had some diaries that I read. Sorry, mom. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> did you find them? And they were in, they were, I think when she started, when she first got sick, I think she was like doing it to like oh help God. herself get through it wow. or whatever. Wow. And I, and I read them and it was actually really helpful because it got me to see her more as a like full person that had right. faults and all different types of things. So I think I definitely put her you on put her pedestal. pedestal. And you also just see them as mom. That's all you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's that person that like puts aside their own comfort or like their own like worries that things won't turn out all right to be like mm. everything's going to be fine. She's going to take some of that burden off your shoulders and you don't like it's that wanting someone to lean on. It's like that unconditional love. So like for me, that is like the big thing. Like mm-hmm. the unconditional love. It's the excitement. Like you said, like the heightening of um, the the like good thing and it just like in comedy talk it really like kicks it up a next to the next level totally like I always talk about this is sort of related but not related but in terms of like the things that I miss is like our old house um had a like a window a picture window that you could just like see someone's head when they came to the door but the way the walls were you wouldn't see them until they were stepped right in front of the door because there was like walls so you couldn't tell who was there and there was a couple times few times that I would like surprise her for a weekend or whatever and I remember like walking up and like looking in the window and like her look of excitement as he was like the best. Aww. And it's like that thing of like, I was like, this is sad, but it's like, I'm never going to see that from anyone my whole life. It's just that unconditional love from a parent, from a mom specifically. There's something about a mom. It's like she carried me. Like my belly button was doing, <laughs> it was like gross, like something was gross on it. <laughs> cool. And I literally... <laughs> Was like cleaning it because it was gross. And sorry, no, um, yeah. just like today. And I was like, this is so weird. This connected me to my mom because my mom, I lived in her stomach. You for lived like in her. Nine months. She like, pushed you crazy. out. She went through hell for you. Yeah. I agree. I totally get what you're saying. Like, there's so many little things like that the unconditional love, the knowing that they're there for you, the I can get through anything because I can call her and get her advice or at least just have a, 
a person I can always go to who will always be available and like will, you know, know me better than anyone has known me my whole life. And then over time, you don't hear I don't hear her voice in my head giving me specific advice. If I try to go into what would my mom say I should do, I would have a blank. I don't have. I don't have it. I think it was so situational every time and she was very encouraging, but sometimes she gave me bad advice and that was helpful because it steered (laughs) me the other way. And, you know, there's so many things that like, I just wish I could just be like, this is what she would say right now or that I know she'd be proud of me because sometimes I feel like I'm floating in space. Like, yes, would she be proud of me? Would she be happy with how I turned out? She would be very proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. That's so nice. But, but you know, I, I, it's like a hole. It's a hole hole. that can't be filled by anyone. It can't be. It can't be. Like if your spouse dies, you can have another spouse. (laughs) I know it's not the same thing. I know it's not the same thing, but like it's, Different. It's like this is a person that there will never be another one of these people. And I wonder too, like I think about having a child. I feel like it could heighten the feelings because you can re-experience them through your mother's mm-hmm. view. You can like see what she saw yes. and understand that. But I also think it I think when I think about like why I'd want to have a child, I think about how meaningful our relationship was, yeah. especially now when I look back on it that that is such a big part of my life and what informed like the good parts of my life that I would want to have that with someone else again from a different perspective maybe but like it's not like filling the void it would never but it's like what an amazing relationship I'd want to have another part of it I wouldn't want that to end no you know yes a hundred percent but I do think like like you're saying like no one will ever look at you that way again no one will ever celebrate with that level no one will be unconditionally so in love with you that they'll Whatever happens, still love you. Yeah. Like yeah. everything else is conditional love. That's a very Ooh. scary idea. <laughs> I know. No, it is. But that's exactly it. And those are the moments. Those are the like the kids and the weddings. My sister had like she got married a couple years ago and there was like a little tulip bud vase that had my mom's name on it. And my Aww. stepmom did a beautiful thing and like got a note from her from my mom to my sister and had it made into fabric and put on the inside of her wedding dress oh, so that she so saw it on sweet. the day. Like really sweet. Aww. Like, so, you know, like they're like those little things that made it feel a little bit more like we recognize that there is somebody missing. It's that weird balance between recognizing while also still being able to celebrate. Right. Not bring the whole room down forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like now I'm at a point, maybe it sounds like more where you are, where you can integrate it into your life. And like, I do think it's all based on the people you're with like you said like I right now have been having conversations with someone who's much more accommodating of that than I have in the past and it's a very uncertain feeling like when you're allowed to talk about that stuff it's like oh but I I'm allowed okay well like I will and okay I'm gonna do a little more okay yeah and are you okay and is that okay okay? and I didn't ruin anything just now by saying that exactly it's so it's so interesting and I feel like I just yeah, I, I would hope that it's not something that shuts a room down. It's not no. something that ruins the mood. Like I, my goal with grief is to get to a point where it just feels like like we've discussed just something that is available to you that like is a reference point. But I also don't think I'm great with advice about parents because I can't relate. Like having an ad- we lost our moms when we were young. Yeah. And I feel like I don't understand how adult relationships with parents look. You're hundred percent. I agree. And you know what else is really surprising? There's times like when I have to, I mean, maybe your dad's helpful with this, maybe not, but like when I had to buy a car, (laughs) when I had to do my taxes for the first time alone, there's things that now as adults, we delay adolescence mm-hmm. and you never learn those skills. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of people are still on their parents' phone plans. I know a lot of people get money from their parents regularly yeah, and they yeah. help them yeah. and they they find resources for them and, and they're active <laughs> in their life. So for me, when I was like, oh, I'm an adult, I like really got to learn all this stuff and I've made a bunch of mistakes and I beat myself up and mm-hmm. I'm afraid of being taken advantage of. And the death industry is also surprising because the hospice company took advantage of us an accountant popped up who was really shady like all these people uh-uh. prey on you uh, yeah 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 yeah. and yeah. then all of a sudden you're like out there in the world trying to be an adult on your own and I wish that I had had more set up to like do those things mm-hmm. it's okay I'm I figured them out I'm very proud of like the fact that over my 20s I managed to do as much yeah. as I did on my own but it's really crazy when like all of a sudden money and insurance and all this stuff is like right on your plate right away. And I feel grief 
when I have to take my car to get fixed and no one's there to like, oh my God, help me understand if they're taking advantage of yeah, me. I totally, yeah. Or if I, yeah, like having to make adult decisions, I feel like I've, I don't relate to other people. I don't, I also, and then back to the original point, I don't relate to people who are like, now with my adult parents, this is how we interact. I'm like, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I really left, you're kind of suspended in time when the parent dies, that's the relationship forever. And like, there's, people in that book about uh, motherless daughters that are 14 and it's really tricky because when you're 14 you're usually fighting with your mom yeah and that's how they oh, left that's it brutal it's brutal that's like brutal. you don't you don't understand how to navigate like the feelings and there's tension all these yeah. things pop up so I feel like I left that relationship when I was in my early 20s and I wish I knew I wish I got to yeah. see it evolve I wish I got to see what it would look like to be this age and yeah, have her and like to have all the that. friendships to have the conversations that are like, oh, you're not, uh, you aren't perfect where she could talk to me more about like the legit things about life. Like yeah. I remember having a boyfriend that I was like, not sure if I should break up with or not. And like talking to my dad and being like, like I've had to, my poor dad has had to have <laughs> some of these conversations with me that I don't think that he was really, you know, like listen to me sobbing on the phone in Union Square about a boy I just broke up with. This is years and years ago. But like he just sat on the phone and gave me not good advice necessarily. But like he had to do it. But it wasn't like what I would have gotten. Right. It's it just feels same. different. The it feels totally different. The second you start different. going to the person and you know it would have been her, that hurts too. Yeah. I've had that as well. Like I try to go to someone being like, well, she's not available. She would have been the right person. Yeah. And they don't give you and you know they're trying and you just feel like, no, this isn't it. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to have that. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. sucks. Yeah. And then you think about how you're never going to have that. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to cry about that now. <laughs> and then I laughed to myself because I'm like that's absurd and that's dark yeah totally it's, it's just yeah it's so hard it's so hard but I think like the main things that I do think we both share in our viewpoint is like we if you are going through grief like you will get to a point know that you'll get to a point when you can have this conversation where there's laughter in it and there's yeah. like oh my god it's not like the grief goes away it just looks different over time yes and you're not alone in it because I think I really felt alone and now over time the more I get to know and more people the more yep. people are willing and available and and free to talk about it the more I'm able to know other people have gone through it I think like the fact that we keep it locked away is so Super harmful taboo. and I, it's just I just wish that I'm sure there's so many people I've interacted with in my jobs, in life, that would also be able to relate and I would never know. And they would never know no, about me. Exactly. It's like a processing in the way that we process it, especially here in our country. I remember thinking about how, like, my mom was at our house. She died at our house. And then we had to, well, we called the morgue, but or not the morgue, but the whatever, um, mortuary or whatever. They had to send legally a, like, crash kit people to come and, like, make sure she was dead. <laughs> But then You're the like, mortuary uh, people sure came. My, it was horrible. But then the mortuary people came and they took her away. And it was like, wait, now she's gone. Yeah. Like, and then you don't get a process. No. What it's like where in other cultures they like, we'll clean the body and be yes. with the body and do different things. There's like more built in. Right. And like Day of the Dead is a celebration yeah. and it's remembering and it's a beautiful thing and it's not shied away from. It's like death is a part of life. Yeah. Life is a part of death. In our culture, you don't talk about it. No. You don't get to participate. Like, it's private. It's it's scary. The funerals are it's all inconvenient it's to deal. I mean, it's inconvenient is I think a big part of it. It's so weird. And like to me, funeral. I've been to quite a few in my day, and like they're <laughs> they can be very beautiful, but they should be based on the person yep. and what their wishes are and their personality. Yes. Like I've been to some cookie cutter ones, which are fine, and you and you cry, and it's sad. But like for my mom, we threw a party and like it just. But then what's so weird is also the finality of it, because we have a funeral. You're supposed to get all your closure in that one yeah. moment and then they're gone. Yeah. And I just feel like in other cultures, there's a much more sophisticated view of what happens after. Yeah. You get to revisit it. You get to have it be yeah. part of your life. Yeah. It's not just shoved the morning aside. Period, period is 
much longer. Yes. And it's like in a way there's ritual. There's like embracing the sadness. I also think we live in a self-help culture. We live in a culture of like, here's positive thinking. Here's how to be happy. Don't be bogged down by your negative thoughts. Uh, Yeah. When all you really should be doing is like embracing the negative thoughts. You should cry. Like crying is the biggest gift ever. If you feel like you need it. I've learned if I feel like I need to cry, I just need to cry. So I don't really cry much. I think I'm repressed. But there's certain weird things that trigger it. Yeah. And when it happens, it's like, I don't know what I just accessed, but here we go. Well, because that's what it is, is I think, is like, it, it'll it just wait. It'll build up. I had a, a friend that I worked with whose dad died like a year or two before my mom. And I did my show. This happened to me a couple of times at the show I did. So I did it at the Magnet and then I did it for the, at the Fringe Festival like a year or two later. And I had like some strangers come up to me after and like people didn't know that I'd come to the show and they just want to talk to me. That's amazing. <laughs> they want to talk to me about like uh, and tell me their experience or whatever. And it was always it kind of threw me off, but it was like very cool. And one of my friend, this friend, she saw the show and she was like, oh, my God, it like triggered something in her that she hadn't been grieving for her dad. And then she's like, you know, went to therapy and did the whole that. thing and was like in a whole new place afterwards. Yep. But she couldn't access it herself or like she needed time because she couldn't face it. And I think that the key is that, I mean, you don't have to force it. But like once you face it, go to therapy. That's how I do. I did you it. Because when it hit, when it both happened, I hit the ground running at work. I was just like, I'm going to be oh, busy. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. You know, and that's another thing people yeah. do. And no shame to it because I, I like you can only deal with how much you can deal with. And actually, if you have a parent who's really sick for a long time, you're like itching it's, to have a yeah, real yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was like, oh my God, finally, I can like do comedy and do the yeah, things I want. Yeah. And so then I, for years, I just didn't experience any grief. Like I just pushed it aside. And then when I slowed down, I started going to therapy, seeing how things were connected. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden it started showing up. It showed, showed up in different ways. And I think like, yeah, like letting yourself experience it, how you're going to experience it is important. But also if you're a friend or if you're a family member, like giving space for however that's going to look. Yeah. And if it comes out, not at all trying to yeah. help the person feel better. I tried to make my younger sister be like, go to therapy just because I was like, you need to go to therapy. Not because she was like exhibiting weird behavior. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you got to go. You got to go. She went once because we forced her and then was like, no, nope. not for me. <laughs> not for me. Too much. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. And like everybody has a different, Everyone has different level thing. and need. And over time that will change. It's yeah. 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 I so I think like the main takeaways for listeners I feel and feel <laughs> yes. free to add yeah I like are it. one like don't try to fix it for people yes be there for them but like your job really isn't to make them feel better or hear about your sad dog dying which is sad yeah. I we all know but <laughs> don't do don't do comparison or like um or um try to be like I'm having a really hard time too again <laughs> help people do that you know anyways yeah. I know oh my god I had so oh my god yeah I was just like rolling my eyes thinking it's like, about are it are we gonna do this thing now where we one up each other on on the terrible things that oh are my happening god in our we life? should do that like yeah that would be the worst like uh, what is it MT like MTV like the yo mama thing what is it oh yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah like us just being like okay Back and forth. well my Someone told me they were mad at my dad. Yeah. And they didn't really know what happened. It's be like, yeah, my mom was on oxygen for like a week. And I tried to light some candles and my dad was like, don't do that. Your mom's on oxygen, (laughs) which actually happened. Oh, my God. One of the weirder things, just like a weird memory from this whole experience, because you're in such a weird stage and you're just you're running around. When my dad died, we went to he didn't like give us any instructions on what he would want. So we were guessing and you go to the funeral home and they show you a bunch of caskets. They try oh. to upsell you. There's salespeople there. Yeah, 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 and yeah, they yeah. know that you're grieving and you're in a very vulnerable place and they try to guilt you like, well, mm. you know, they'd want to be buried for eternity in this. And that was literally a character I did for my show. Oh, my God. Yes. I love it because it was so it was yes. so real. So I was like, no, just a fucking pine box. Yeah, this dude's exactly. like rotting in it. Like, it's not like he's going to know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. So we picked that and he's going to show us the plot. So we he's like, get in your car. You'll drive around behind me we get in the car we look behind at his the bumper of his car it's covered in bumper stickers that say i heart my shih tzu shih tzu's rule i love my little baby shih tzu and the license plate's like i heart shih tzu's and it was so funny because this guy does this all day he takes people to plots follow me in the car doesn't give a shit that everyone who's following him Lauren, so dumb. Where's your pilot? Like, um, thank you. NBC, thank you. hello. This is the show. 
Um, that was amazing. But like doesn't give a shit that like the shit that people are following him around in this car all day. It's just like the absurdity of death. Oh. So I also think like something to acknowledge in that is that there is humor in a little bit of humor in it. There's so much. And it's okay. And what you I did is great. You wrote a show, show which is amazing. It. I'm too repressed to do that. I like really commend you. And then I think the other thing is to like, like truly acknowledge that death happens to everyone. Everybody and not, and dies. However you can get there, not to be consumed by how scary that is. No. Because I did did you watch your mother die? Were you there? Um, well, I'll tell you. Um, we were with her in the room, like in her bedroom, because she was not seeming not like she was not doing well. We she wasn't on hospice or anything. Um, but uh, we were all in my parents' king bed and around her, and she was like not dying. <laughs> yeah, and we went back to bed, mm. and then I heard a dog howl. I woke up and heard a dog howl, and then my dad comes in and was like, "Your mom's gone." Like she waited for us. Okay, to, the like, dog be thing asleep. is crazy because my mom was in a hospice bed in our home. She was suffering, and everything her breathing was getting worse. And all this, and they knew she was going to go. My cats had been curled up with her. They both left, <laughs> and then. 10 minutes before she died, my cat started howling and she crawled into bed with her curled up and with like a firm ball. Like it was a different type of posture. It was like, I'm comforting this woman. I know what's happening. It was unbelievable. It sounds like I'm making it up. No, no, no. I believe you 100%. There's something about animals that they're connected to something deeper in people where they understand. They can smell certain things. They smell it. They have energy. And they were like programmed to know how to comfort. Yeah. And so that happened and I was with my mom and I watched her breathing slow and I watched how peaceful it was and she took her last breath and we said we loved her and it was so painful, but it was also really, really beautiful because this is a woman who brought me into the world and started my life and I was able to like hold her hand and peacefully see her out. And once you've seen that and how beautiful that can be and how it was like weirdly lovely, like it was like a very beautiful part of life. It makes me less scared of it. Like, it's just however you go, like, it's just a passage. And we're just human bodies, souls and human bodies having, what do they call it? Like a a human experience. Just having a moment. Exactly. And Um, yeah. Can I say one Mm, thing? mm. Um, So this is something that I find very, very funny that it's also somewhat dark. So when I was younger, my mom used to always read this book to me called I Love You Forever. Mm. Are you familiar with this at all? No, but that sounds sad, (laughs) but beautiful. It's basically about a mom who had a baby and every day she rocked the baby to sleep and would say, I love you forever. Mm. I like you for always. As long as you're living, my baby will be. And I remember being a little kid being like, and then the baby grows up and then the mom like, and then moves away and it's a little boy and the mom like crawls as a granny into like the the, like his like adult house and like rocks him. It was like a, it's like absurd story. Oh my God. But then at the end, he rocks her. She's dying. So we're all around the bed, and I was like, "This is my moment." And I like crawled up to say this to my mom, and I started saying it, and I said it, and she goes, "She hadn't moved in like a while, and was but was like slowly breathing, and she like woke up, and she was like, I can't breathe. You're on my stomach.'" <laughs> <laughs> and I was it was that moment of like you try a joke on stage and it bombs oh my so God. hard and I immediately like slid back to where I was oh and I was like nothing ever happens how you imagine it like I wanted that this perfect is my moment. moment that is so funny oh, oh my god you're, you're I can't breathe <laughs> Like and that was her in that moment. the most coherent thing she had said in like hours. Oh yeah, she won't even know I'm saying it to her. I'm She's gonna be gone. so softly like crouching over at her. Oh my god, that's I was so genuinely funny. like mortified to oh have tried god. that in front of my entire family <laughs> and to have it have failed so miserably. It's so good, that's but it was so kind good. of perfect. That's perfect. That's that perfect. to me sums up death and grief. It kind of is. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. You have to find a way to laugh. It sucks. Yeah. You're really like not doing anything right. You're not doing anything right. And 100 years will all be dead. So don't stress about that pilot you didn't work on today. I know there's someone listening who needed to hear that. And I really hope they take it in. It's so Oh, and the other piece of advice is if you love people, tell them. Tell them. Because the worst thing you can do is know that. Someone's going to go. The two of you first. Yeah. When are you going to go? <laughs> and say gonna, I love you. Say you love them. Don't stress. Don't stress. 
also like if you are you know gonna die <laughs> it's sometimes helpful to get ahead of the planning of that like as much as you can have a will oh have, that is I wonderful think advice there's so much bureaucracy and yes. business and money and all this on yep. fun stuff that comes up once like the practical real like yeah. boring stuff the minutiae is really bad if you can put your if someone's gonna die put the internet passwords and what to cancel and this these are all the things that you need to know for like the practical stuff yeah. because once you're in grief it's really frustrating to have to deal with like ca- canceling the person's cable because they're dead and, and talking to, to the Verizon person and being yeah. like What's the reason for canceling? Are you unhappy with the service? Well, the person's dead. Yeah. Well, we need proof that they're dead. Like, there's oh. all this stuff that comes up. Yeah, and also, mm. um, uh, further the death phone tray, once somebody calls you to let you know oh. somebody has died, do the favor and tell other people. Fa- that's such a good point. other people do not find out, and then they find out too late, or they will say something to you. You get plenty of mail that's from random, like, you know, subscriptions yes. with the names on it. Yes. But, like, sometimes you get, like, a Christmas card, and you're like, have to call the person to be like, oh yeah, yes. um, oh um, my mom, uh, she died oh, she like died. two years ago, you know, and then they're horrified. But like, you don't want them to send another no, another absolutely. the next year. There are um, also yeah, there's like funny things you get in the mail afterwards where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe like this is coming for them and they're dead. Like they're asking them for yeah. money for yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other thing too, I just thought of a practical note. When we were talking, wait, what was it? We were talking about like passwords. I'm going to forget oh, it. Oh, and I said death phone tree. And oh, then, death phone yes. tree. Yes. Um, that when someone has died, it's really great to be helpful and to say like, what can I do? But sometimes there's ways, there's immediate ways to be helpful. Like yeah. depending on how you know them, maybe you don't know them that well, but taking care of like a meal delivery oh. is helpful because these people don't want to cook and they're I'm scrambling. Like yes. things like that are really helpful. Um, Someone got us a massage, which I was like, thank That's so you. Nice. Just like little things like that. There is a delivery that I set up something for a friend. Uh, I am now spacing the name of it, but I will tell you and if you can write it somewhere. Sure. Um, but it's it's an online thing where it's basically, it's kind of like a seamless, but you people just give money to an account so oh, they cool. can order whatever food that they want. Oh, like if they're smart. not in the same city as you and you can just like bring them meals. Yeah. Um, and it kind of sometimes you can set them up with like they pretty much have dinner paid for for like three months that's or amazing. whatever the thing yeah. is you know yeah. that's great when my mom was really sick and then maybe after too like we had some um, people donate like a cleaning lady which oh, was I super love that. helpful that's smart too that was really cool yeah um, put that in meals. I'm telling you, yeah. I loved having a freezer full of really fucking Seriously. good food. There's nothing better than coming home after a hard day of whatever you've been doing and having actually like really good food. Yes. Um, and which also you your yourself. brain, like when you're dealing with grief, it's like you're really occupied. It's all this space is taken up. There's you can't perform no, normal functions like yeah. walking down the street can be hard. You're, you have like a fog. So anything like that, anything taking care of things for a person is a good way to show that you're sorry and yeah. you care because there's just a lot of stuff that ends up being overwhelming. Yep. Um, yeah. And like offering to help like anything around the house. Like do you have to take care of their clothes. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with like the annoying. Or if they have kids, watch their kids watch their or kids. like whatever. the Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a big one. And also I will say I haven't been great about this. But if someone does pass and you want to say you're sorry to someone, but you don't know what to say, it is better to say something other than nothing I, like you, have had times when I've put my foot in my mouth and I've had times where I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say anything and I regret it. But I remember people who said the words, I don't know what to say. And that means more to me than not hearing anything. Because there were there were radio silences from people that were surprising. It's it's it's, painful. It's really painful. And it's um, just an acknowledgement. And that's what acknowledgement. That's what saying I don't know what to say says. It's just an acknowledgement. I sent emails to people I didn't even know very well that I heard that. Yeah. Somebody had somebody that passed away. And whenever I didn't do that or I forgot to do it, sometimes they were very belated. But like it just felt important and necessary. And I got letters and notes, which I then was like, I felt like Emily Post, like, it's, I feel terrible. I didn't respond to any of them. But then I was like, but that's my privilege. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to respond. You to have that privilege. But I got, you know, you get really nice. Like, I do cherish. I have all the letter. I have yeah. all those cards still. Like, and also, if you knew the person sending memories along oh my is helpful, because that's another thing is like the person going through grief is I'm scared they're going to forget or scared they don't have people who remember them. And so being like, Ugh. I just remember when I saw that this person did this, it'll always stick with my brain. And like, that's something I'll remember her as. Yes. Like those types of things are really helpful too. 
like those, just yeah, like just going a little out of your way, even if it makes you super uncomfortable, just to be like, I see you and I'm sorry. Well, and and I will say also that means the world to me going forward. Like some of my friends, when they be like, oh, I remember your mom did this or this, you know, like whenever other people mention my mom, it touches me. Oh, I love when people it talk makes about me, my mom. This is very silly, but yes. I got my hair chopped and I look a lot more like my mom when my hair is short. Oh, really? And I had both Jana and Jeremy were like separately be like oh you look a lot like your mom or maybe my friend Michelle said that as well and I was like oh yeah like I forgot that but the fact that they noticed that I because they remember that. when I look like good means friends. a lot to me because one of the things I will just say this shortly because I know we're probably getting near to wrapping up but one of the things with grief and with someone dying that's hard is that when somebody that close like a parent dies like all of the memories they had of you die so it's this weird thing where like you don't have somebody calling up and being like, I remember mm-hmm. on 635. You lose on, your own memories. You lose your own memories. Yep. And it's like, that's a grieving in itself. And it's it's this weird thing where it's like, someone dying isn't hard for the person that died. It's hard for the person that got left behind that doesn't have those same things. Yes. That like, I 100% agree. And with the thing about talking about the person. Yeah. When someone opens the door and is thinking about them too, it's the nicest thing in the yeah. world. I 100% agree. And like in grieving, you're grieving the life that you had. You're grieving the loss of the memories. It is so nice when people remember you from your childhood. Like, oh my God. The friends that Those you have. Friends. Yeah, it's true. It's so nice. It's Because you really like, I think something that a present active parent will do will be like, oh, when you were little, you used to do this. Or when you were, you know, I remember that. Yes. And you don't have any of it. You don't have any reference for what uh-huh. kind of kid you were. You don't uh-huh. have any reference for stories. And so when people can recall stuff like that for you, it's really, really, really yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Oh my God. <laughs> I just feel like, what? This is like, I could talk about this all day. I could talk day. about this all day. Thank you so much for Thank being here. Thank you so much for having oh my God. me. What a pleasure. Lauren, where can people find you? And also, <sighs> are you ever going to do that show again or anything related to it? Maybe. I've like worked on a screenplay about oh, it. Oh, cool. Um, which I don't know if I'll ever do anything with. Because it's, it's like, how do you... We can talk structure later. How do you format it? Um, I've thought about maybe doing it here Sounds at awesome. some point. It's I did it a long time ago. So okay. it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if it's worth bringing up. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah. may, maybe I'll do that podcast about uh, grief. I'm and, listening and to it. <laughs> I love it. I want to live in this. <laughs> um, uh, uh, find me. Oh, I do a show called The Nat. It's a monthly storytelling show. It's a parody of The Moth. Um, so it's a bunch of bullshit people, which you did. So fun. We're amazing. Thank you. It's great. Um, and we're kind of all over the place where we've been doing the last few ones at UCB. Uh, but who knows? We were at Bar Lubitsch before that. And who knows where we might be after that. Awesome. Um, it's thenatstorytelling.com. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I'm just around. You're around. <laughs> and we're so happy you're around. Thank you for having me. This was Thank a pleasure. Thank you. This was great. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Relatively Healthy. I'm just going to shout out a couple uh, things. If you were interested in that book we mentioned, that's Motherless Daughters by Hope Edelman. And I want to let you know that if you have experiences with grief and this episode inspired you to share those with us, we would love to hear from you. Our hotline phone number is one eight four four stolar x that's S-T-O-L-A-R-X. And we will, um, that's, we, you can leave a voicemail. We'll play it in a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can reach us on Twitter, 844-STOLLARX, and find us on Facebook. And if you like what you're hearing, we hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review. Thanks so much for listening. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.